Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I think about what we listen to. I think about what we hear and, and, and how that resonates in our lives. I, I think about how that affects motivation and values and decision-making process and, and, and what words and what conversations are, are persuasive. If someone says to you, buy this, and you should have that, and this is cool, if I see it on a social media thing like Facebook, I could care less. I can scroll right by it. But put a mountain bike accessory on Instagram and, and, and run it over and over and over again, and the jumps get broader and the bikes get faster and it looks cool then I'll listen to that voice, I'll be persuaded, and instead of running with a camelback, I'll run with a very cool fanny pack until I fall and don't have the cushion because no one told me that falling on a backpack's a whole lot easier than falling on your fanny or your fanny pack. Who do you listen to? What guides your value system, your decision-making process? It's interesting to think about that and, and kind of think about the reactive nature of our brains where we just kind of move and respond and, and we don't really think, we just kind of do and bounce from thing to thing, from event to event. This morning in this beautiful setting, in this beautiful place, we get to think a little bit about hearing the voice of the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd guiding, loving, encouraging, and leading us, leading us in our lives. And so those words that Melinda read are just fantastic. The two verses I want to pick are, are John 10, 4, verses 4 and 5. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will turn away from the stranger because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Some of the things we listen to are those internal voices. And I hear them, I, I, not, not in a schizophrenic, psychotic way, but in a way of, of thinking, of, of making a decision and, and sorting out the good, the better, and the best. It's, it's a voice sometimes that speaks words of great affirmation to my soul, words of self-care and and sometimes the other side of that is true as well. I hear the voices of, of criticism, of self-criticism. I hear the voice of defeat. Tim, you're not going to do it. Tim, you can't make it. What makes you think you could? And like the proverbial angel on one side of the shoulder and the devil on the other, it's like they kind of argue and fight with one another. And then I'll shake my head and go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to think it through. Sometimes those angry internal voices are angry. Sometimes they're demeaning. But sometimes that internal voice that speaks to us and leads us in our behaviors is fairly fickle. At least I know that mine is. Sometimes very, very positive, almost too much so. And sometimes very, very critical, again, too much so. Some of those internal voices knock us around pretty good. And then with the internal voices, sometimes there's those external pieces as, as well. They come, obviously, external, right? They come from the outside. It's that person who puts their arm around you and says, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's that person who puts his arm around you and says, you're going you're gonna to get there. 
when we were little, when we were raising children, sometimes it's the voice of people who spoke into our lives a while ago. The voice of a mother or a father, the voice of a coach, a mentor. They had words at the right time, at the right place. And they, and they spoke to you and they said, you know what, you can do this. I'll never forget in a huge heated meeting, one of my mentors, I began to speak in this conflicted thing. And he said, Tim, pastor, you don't always need to be the first voice to be heard on every issue. Wow. Best advice I ever got from the voice of someone who not only cared for me, but cared for the decision-making process and sought to make a 34-year-old senior pastor who was impetuous, listening to all the voices, to being able to calmly ferret out what was the good, the better, and the best ideas. Who speaks to you? Who's that coach? Who's that mentor? Who's that father? Who's that mother? Who that, that you listen to, that they're the E.F. Hutton. When they speak, you listen. When we get older, I can't tell whether those voices multiply and we're able to, to, to pick out the ones we like. Or as we get older, we listen to less but value what we hear more. And then there's those seasons of life where we're the ones who speak. Where people, when they close their eyes, your son, your daughter, they hear your voice. The voice of mom saying... We're going to make it through this. The voice of dad saying, it's going to be all right, son. We'll walk together through this. It's a very humbling thing to think that as a dad, as a parent, as a mom, as a grandma, as a grandpa, you're the voice of Jesus, the good shepherd, for someone who truly needs to hear a voice of love and of calm and of peace in the family setting. Our children hear our voices in their heart and they carry that voice moving probably from an external voice to an internal voice and are reminded that they are loved and cared for. I love that verse. Jesus says when he had brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. That voice of Jesus speaking loud and strong for the last four weeks since Easter. Jesus spoke powerfully and without ambiguity on Easter Sunday. He spoke in terms of forgiveness and resurrection. He spoke in terms of life and of peace. It was a voice that on that day, at that moment, rained out and drowned out every other voice. Jesus said, it is finished. And his words that he said, I am the resurrection and the life, were words that made real as he burst forth from the grave and brought life and immortality to light for all who hear his voice. So what do you hear Jesus say? When I was a young man, I heard the voice of Jesus as a loud, angry, caustic, old voice. And I really struggled with that. And maybe that's because I grew up in a home of people who were talkers. And the home I grew up in tended to be kind of a loud home. And so I thought of Jesus as loud and kind of angry and certainly a disciplinarian, if you know what I mean. But as I read this text from John 10, and I think about Jesus, the good shepherd, and what he says to me and to all of us this morning 
There's three things that I pull out of this that I want you to hear and pull into your heart. First, Jesus says, I know you. Matter of fact, he clarifies that. He said, I know you by name. Warts and all, you are known. All of the good things of your life, you are known. All of the things that we would rather hide, they are known. Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. Our names, our DNA, our history, he knows us. And he meets that longing need for everyone who's ever been made in the history of the world to be known. Jesus says, I know you and you are not alone. God is with you. God is by you. And he sealed that promise of knowing and loving you when he raised Jesus from the dead and put those enlivened feet in the dust of the tomb and walked out into the world for everyone to see and for all humanity to believe. The good shepherd says to you this morning, I know you. You're not alone. And I'll be with you. Along with that, as any good shepherd says to his sheep, he says, I love you. I know you, and I love you warts and all. For those who've been married for double digits, you've been married for a while, you know what that's all about. No one knows me better than my wife, and she still loves me, I'm pretty sure. No one knows me better than her, and she loves me dearly. That's the essence of love. That's the essence of how love works, that we are fully known and loved throughout. God loves us more than we can love ourselves. And maybe it takes maturing in life to figure out how love works. For God is the person who knows our weakest, our dumbest moments, our most painful behaviors, and He still loves us. And the good news in this text is not only are we known, but that we are beheld in love. And Jesus sealed that love on the cross, the voice of the good shepherd, not an indicting angry voice, but a voice of peace that says, nothing will keep you away from me. I love you. And even through the valley of the shadow of death, I love you. And those words of Jesus as well, the shepherd to the sheep. The good shepherd says to his sheep, it's going to be okay. The sheep see the wolves and they're ready to scatter. But the good shepherd says, no, no, we're here. We're all right. I got this. I've got my staff and my hook. I can take care of this. The voice of Jesus is the voice that reminds us that he's been there. He reminds us that we can pull through these seasons of life. He reminds us that we're going to be okay. That these aren't unfamiliar footsteps, unfamiliar feelings, unfamiliar thoughts for, for Jesus, the good shepherd. He says, I'll carry you when you're wounded. I'll be with you when you're hurting. And it's going to be okay. And I need to hear that. And sometimes I got to tell myself that it's going to be okay. Well, who says so? Jesus says so. When the world is crazy and the voices in the world are screaming and yelling to be heard and the voices are literally either demonic or insane, but they're loud and they're persuasive. 
It's the voice of Jesus, the good shepherd, that breaks through that and says, I know you and I love you. And it's going to be okay. And with those words of grace and love, he calms the anxious heart so that internally what we hear is, I am the beloved of God. I am cared for. I am loved. And his comfort and his peace speaks to our soul in a way that nothing else could ever do. And that's our gift of faith from the good shepherd. Every Friday in our house, we take care of our grandson. It's, it's the best thing in the whole world. It's, it's the best day of the week. And, uh, and they ask crew, they say, what day is it today? And on Thursday, it's TT Day. And that's his other grandma who lives just down the road from us. And he'll go, TT Day, TT Day. And we'll say, and then what's tomorrow? And he'll say, Grandma and Papa Day. <sighs> no better words in the whole world to hear than it's Restorative Friday and it's, t it's Grandma and Papa Day. Crew hasn't been feeling so good. I think our kids have all the cooties from school. I don't know what the deal is. But when the kindergartners sing at the next service, it's going to sound like they need an iron lung. They have been bronchial, have this bronchial thing, and they're, <laughs> my grandson sounds like he's smoked for five years, and, you know, it's just, <laughs> and with that, of course, he hasn't slept well. So restorative Fridays. The focus of that Friday is Crew's nap. And we do everything in our power to make sure that at 12.30, he is exhausted, fed, clean diaper, and out like a light. It's also Friday's the day we do chores. Or as my grandson likes to say, Papa, we do guy stuff today. And he's my little companion in the backyard, and I've had some stuff to do. My grass isn't up to its normal, manicured, perfect self, but I'm working on that, and I've got my little guy right next to me. Papa, I help you. Papa, I help you. And there was one piece where I was working in the pond, and there's uh, the pump and all that stuff, and I said, crew, if you could just step aside, just give Papa some space. He goes, no, Papa, I help you, I help you. And he fussed a bit. And then because he didn't feel well, the little bit of not feeling well went into a little bit more of an emotional thing. So I picked him up and took him inside and put him on the couch. And I took his little face in my hands and I said, crew, look at Papa. And his little eyes went from the left and to the right and up and down. And little tears and big boogers and... I said, crew, look at Papa. And he looks, and he can just feel all of the tension come out of that little body. And he unwound, and he laid back. And because of my wife's great love, she cuddled him to sleep, and he slept for two and a half hours. I don't know about you. Sometimes I need to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd say, Look into my eyes. It's going to be okay. Where do you hear that voice of the Good Shepherd? In my life, after the first of the year, after Christmas and all those things, I was tired and worn out and exhausted. 
And a buddy said to me, he said, Clink, you've got to listen to this. Okay. Here's three ways to, here's, here's three ways to kind of connect to the voice of the good shepherd. The first is use your technology. It sounds stupid coming from a, a, a preacher, but for me, I've been listening to the Bible on my Hallow app since the beginning of the year, since my friend suggested it to me. Hallow has more downloads than Facebook and TikTok. Hallow is the number one app since Ash Wednesday that has been sold in the Apple App Store. For me, struggling with so much crass and evil culture, the daily scripture reading and the devotion for over a hundred days straight has allowed me to hear and focus on the voice of the Good Shepherd. I encourage you to download that app to pay the little bit of money for it and to start listening to the Bible, hearing the Word of God for you. For me, it's been restorative for my soul, as if Jesus cupped my face in his hands and said, Tim, listen to this, listen to me. It's good to be reminded that the wolves have been circling the flock for a long, long time, and that Jesus sends the wolves away and is still our good shepherd. Whether it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Saul, David, and Solomon, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, St. Paul, or whomever. The Good Shepherd has been the Good Shepherd forever and will be until he takes us home. That app has been a godsend for me in my life. Secondly, hear the voice of the Good Shepherd as we worship faithfully. Scripture, hymns, praise songs, all of those stick in our heart through repetition and habit. We hear the soothing voice of Jesus and his voice begins to drown out the voice of the culture. It begins to distinguish itself from the other dissonant voices. And it's the voice that reminds us that we are loved. In a culture that says, you're not loved, you're not cared for unless the unconditional love of Jesus is the centerpiece of our worship every single Sunday. An hour or so a week brings the good shepherd's voice through the din of a negative culture and finally pray pray just pray it doesn't need to be this big formal thing and it doesn't need to be some crazy thing ask your children how to pray if your kids have been in our school they know how to pray dear jesus thank you for this day amen is the preschooler prayer dear jesus thank you for the ants on the log for the sunshine and for my friend Bobo, amen. We teach our children to pray. And honestly, if you need to learn to pray, ask the children because they'll tell you. And you may be surprised at the voice you hear. A small, beautiful, loud, enthusiastic prayer that says, thank you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Walk with me, Jesus. We pray for meals, for schools, for sporting events, for anxiety. We pray in the suburb, we pray in the suburban, in the Tahoe. We pray in the Ford F-150. We pray in the race car, in the Audi. But we pray. And in that, that voice becomes real. Audible. Audible. The voice. The voice of Jesus, the voice of the Good Shepherd. When he had brought out all when he had brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. 
his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Amen.